Welcome to another depressing episode of the Ball and Foot Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel, and once again, I'm flying solo today. No Jason, as he is still out of town, unable to attend this depressing podcast. And I think, you know, good for him. He doesn't have to be here. He doesn't have to go through this um, pain of watching that match, of the anxiety, of the heartbreak, of the what we thought was a triumph, and then just to have our spirits crushed in stoppage time. I don't know, guys. This is going to be a tough podcast to get through. This one, just it hurts more because of who we were playing and, and just the circumstances and how that match ended. It just wasn't fun. Like, I, I like it when football is fun. Like, it's a beautiful game. I, I love watching matches when we just pass the ball around. We create chances. We score some goals. And today was just one of those days where it just wasn't a fun match to watch. There was highs. There was lows. A lot more lows than highs. But it just wasn't fun. And I feel like that's the way this this Chelsea team is this year. It's like they're just it, it's not that, you know, I don't love this team. It's not that I don't believe blue, but they are just so frustrating to watch. They're so Jekyll, they're so Hyde. And it's just becoming a frustration and it's just not fun football to watch. So with that being said, let's just, you know, jump into this. Let's just Go down the rabbit hole. Let's see where this podcast goes. I don't know how long I'm going to sit here and talk for. It may be five minutes. It may be two hours. But we're just going to see how this podcast goes today because I'm not even sure what direction to go. I feel like we can talk about a lot of different things, but do all those things, do we really need to talk about all those things in this episode or is that something that we just need to save. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. So let's just start from the top. The lineup comes out today. And I mean, I think that everybody is in agreement that this is just a poor quality lineup. It's a lineup that doesn't scream. We're going for the win. It screams, Hey, we're playing for a draw. We're just going to be lucky to get out of here today. It, it doesn't have that. That lineup, it just wasn't the lineup I don't think anybody wanted to see or necessarily expected to see. Um, a lot of people not happy with Ruben Leftis Cheek starting in the midfield along with Kovacic, or along with Jorginho, sorry, wanted Kovacic to start there. And I, I really honestly think that was Potter's plan was to start Kovacic in this match. But because of Gallagher picking up this the illness and having to come out of the match and Kovacic having to play, you know, 70 minutes midweek, that sort of threw a wrench into what Potter wanted to do. So I'll let Potter slide on that one. I won't let Potter slide at Kukure up starting at left center back. And I, and I know, once again, it just shows the lack of depth that we have at center back. We got Fafana's out with an injury. Cool Bali, apparently, nobody knew this, but hurt his knee in the Brentford match. So we have no cool Bali now at left center back. So, I mean, at this point in time, we're sort of forced to start Kukure. If we're going to play through the back, we've got to start Kukure at the left center back. And it's just not working. I don't think there's a person out there that can defend that can logically make a reason why Kukure should ever start at left center back for Chelsea again. 
It's just been poor from him these last two matches out. He's playing out of position. I mean, half the time when I looked up today, whenever he was in there, he was halfway up the pitch, um, you know, across midfield, you know, and just getting exposed, you know, over the top. And thankfully, Man United never caught on to that because Cucurella was out of position so much tonight. And it's just like, it's a failed experiment. Okay, just acknowledge it. It's failed. It doesn't work. Don't do it again, Potter. That's that's it. That's as simple as that. Just move on from Kukure at left center back. I don't know what else we're gonna we're gonna do because we don't have the depth. Like we can't slot Reese in there because Reese is out hurt too. So we're just struggling at the moment. And then you have Dave out there who for all intents and purposes, is way past his prime. We had a chance to let him go to Barcelona. We should have brought in a different uh, backup right wing back slash right back in the offseason, but we failed to address that need. We failed to address the right side of our defense, and now we're paying that price by having to start Dave in all these matches. Dave is a club legend. I love everything that Dave has done for this club. But it was time this summer for him to go, and the fact that he has now overstayed his welcome is going to bring more hate on him. And we don't need that as a Chelsea fan base because the man is a club legend. But when you're also past your prime, when you're also, you've, you're, you've run your course at the club, you've got to go. It's just, it's terrible management by the board. It's terrible management by Bowley and company. Like you have to recognize that and say this man has lost about five steps and he doesn't need to be on the pitch, especially against a top, you know, six team right now. It just cannot happen and yet it happened today and i'm sitting there looking it's like okay Pulisic, yes he'd be playing out of position at right wing back but he provides more pace he can get up and down that pitch he can do those things that dave can't do his crosses are better his touch is better like it it screened a match to put Pulisic back there or move his cheek out there if you're going to bring kovacic in that early Move left his cheek out to right wing back because he's been much better there than he has in the midfield. Midfield performance today from left his cheek, poor. So you you have to figure out an alternative. You can't have Dave on that pitch. It showed at the end of the match. I mean, you're asking this man to go out and play 96 minutes of football. That's not in his DNA right now at this point in time. He may be able to come on as a sub late in the game. I'm fine with that. That's his role with this club right now. It's not to start and play 96 minutes, 96 minutes against a Manchester United, against a Manchester City, against a Liverpool, against a Tottenham. That's not who Dave is at this point in his career. And it's unacceptable from Potter to put him out there. We've seen the failed pivot of Ruben Leftischik and Jorginho in the midfield. Now, granted, I will say this, for the first 35 minutes, our midfield looked like shit. But... That was not necessarily as related to the players as much so as the tactics that Potter had set up coming out of this match. And I think the biggest mistake that Potter honestly made, and I don't know how he works this, but Raheem Sterling being on this pitch right now and being in such bad form is not good for this team. His form is poor right now. He's not scoring goals. He's not assisting goals. His touch is lacking. He is detrimental to this team right now. Sterling does not need to start. If you're asking me, Pulisic should start there for a game or two, give him a run. 
his form has been great lately. And this is a very, this year at least, has been a very anti-Christian implicit podcast. But I will say when a guy has stepped up and when he has shown, you know, fight, when he's shown that he can play, he deserved a start today over Sterling. Sterling has done nothing lately. And so when you look at that, when you take all these things into consideration, this starting lineup was just not good by Potter. And it showed for the first 35 minutes of the match, Potter got the tactics wrong. These tactics were wrong. United controlled the first 35 minutes of this match. We were lucky to not concede a couple of goals in this first 35 minutes of this match. We were open. We were getting, the, they controlled the midfield. They were, Anthony was running wild on us. I mean, it was just not a good start to this match by the Blues. The first five minutes looked good. And then after that, it was just, the next 30 minutes was just an onslaught of United. We could not get the ball out of our own half. We literally could not cross midfield. It was a piss poor effort from our guys. Our guys were playing with no heart, with no passion. They didn't even seem like they wanted to be on the pitch for the first 35 minutes. The fact that we didn't concede in that first 35 minutes is a miracle to me. Keppa made a couple of big saves in that first 35 minutes that kept us in this match. So you have a team that comes out tactically set up wrong. A team that comes out not ready to play. It is you're setting yourself up for disaster. And like I said, the, the fact that we made it that 35 minutes without conceding a goal is amazing. Then you look up and United has 60 plus percent of possession. We're just letting them have the ball. Their press is on point. They're man marking us. We can't do anything. And then thankfully. And to Potter's credit, and you always have to give somebody, like, you can say, okay, Potter was wrong with his tactical setup. You can sit here and blame him for this starting lineup, but then you also have to admit that he realized his error. He realized, okay, I've made a mistake. I have to correct this mistake. He didn't wait. And this I really appreciate about Potter. So many times you'll see coaches wait. Tuchel did this. He would wait until halftime to tinker with that lineup, or he would wait till halftime to make the tactical changes. There's no way we make it another 10 minutes without conceding a goal. There was no way that was happening. And Potter realized that. Potter said, I have to make a change. I have to make a change now. I have to switch my tactics. I have to switch my formation. I have to switch players around. And so to Potter's credit, at the 36th minute, he brings on Kovacic. And that was the point in time where the game sort of changed. It sort of changed from United being on the front foot to Chelsea starting to get some control of this game, to start getting some more possession, to start, you know, actually winning battles in the midfield. You bring on Kovacic, you switch to four at the back. It worked. You pull Kukurea out, who was having a poor game, and you bring in Kovacic, and it was that spark that this team needed. It, it lit sort of a fire under their asses. They were ready to play from that moment on. And from that 36-minute mark to, you know, the 94th minute, 93rd minute, we were the better team. We took control of that game. We had the shots. Not great shots, which we'll get into in a little bit with the statistics, but... Not the best shots, but we're creating chances. 
we were creating, we were getting to their box. We were finally able to get out of our final third. We were able to flip the field. Kovacic for that last 10 minutes of the second half was just wide open in the middle of the field. The pitch was just wide open for him. If he, if you looked at it, if the ball was on the right side and Dave had it, COVID was wide open in the middle of the pitch every stinking time. If he got the ball, he had acres of space to dribble. He was able to look up. He was able to find the passes. And then when he didn't have the ball and he was defending, he was all over the pitch. And it just proves how vital Kovacic is to that midfielder, how much we need him to stay healthy, and how much I think Potter is trying to manage his minutes because of how he he realizes how vital Kovacic is to that midfield. And as soon as we made that switch, Jorginho, who had been pissed for the first 35 minutes, starts looking better. Ruben left his cheek. Still didn't look great, but we started gaining control of that midfield. So... Those tactics, the changes by Potter, cannot be understated enough in this match. And the fact that he pulled the trigger before halftime, because I think Potter knew we were going to be lucky not to concede before halftime. So with with that being said, the first half, the last 10 minutes of that first half, we controlled. We came into the game. It took us 35 minutes, which is entirely way too long. But... At some point in time, you know, you you can criticize the coach, but at the same time, you have to give him credit when he makes those changes. And I think that that's what, you know, we need to take away from this game is that, yes, Potter got it wrong. You know, in the post-match press conference hasn't even started yet, so I don't know what he's going to say about that after the match. But you have to credit him that he made the changes early enough. And I think that's so, you know, it can be detrimental to your team if you don't make those changes early enough. And so many coaches are scared to make those changes in the first half, before halftime. Or even sometimes it takes them another, you know, 10, 20 minutes into the, or 10, 15 minutes into the second half to make those changes. But today Potter showed, okay, I'm willing to make those changes early enough. Now, did he make enough changes early enough? No. By no means did Potter make enough changes early enough in this match. And I think that's a, another point that we can sort of get to a little bit later in the second half when we start talking about it. But the end of the first half, the fact that Potter made those changes really, it gave me confidence going into the second half. It's okay, maybe we can get a goal. Maybe we can find some way to, to, to score. Um, you know, first half stats, you know, looked a lot, didn't look great for us. I mean, 47% possession, they have 53%. Um, our XG was 0 0.13, 0.13. Theirs was 0.85. They had eight shots, four on target, to our three shots and one on target. So you look at stuff like that and you say, okay, wasn't the greatest first half in the world. We survived a 35-minute onslaught. We didn't concede. So you have to take that sort of as a positive going into the second half. And, you know, we come out of halftime, no changes, nothing, you know, new. We just sort of stick with the same thing we're doing. And, I mean, for whatever reason, you know, United sort of goes into their shell. They sort of go back, you know, in, and they sort of let us have possession. They sort of let us have, you know, the ball. They give us, you know, the time and the space on the ball. We, we really end up controlling the game a lot better in the second half, I thought. So, you know, statistically, you come out of it, the second half was 50-50. 
straight down the middle possession wise. You know, they ended up on 53 and 47. Same thing it was at the end of the first half. So we have the second half, it's 50 50 possession, you know, straight down the middle. But it really felt like we controlled the game more. Knight have played a lot more counterattacks. Now, their counterattacks were scary. There were a couple really scary moments Keppa made, and, and you know, a couple big saves in the second half as well. So, all of that said, we played a lot better second half than we did first half. The second half was a, I mean, it still wasn't great. It still wasn't what I think we're capable of playing, but we definitely played better in the second half. We played good. We thought we played good enough to win the match. So, I mean, you look at, you know, just the changes and everything like that. So, we had our chances. And I think in, in the second half, it really became apparent. Sterling definitely did not need to be on that pitch. Just not controlling the ball well. Dribbling straight into the defenders. I mean, it was just an abysmal performance from Sterling today. And this was a guy I was not sold on before the season started. This was a guy that I think is a touch overrated. I think you can get that when you play in a Man City team. Like, Pep's going to make a good player look great. And an average player look good. Now, by no means I think Sterling's average. I think he's good. But I think he is a touch overrated. And I've said that from the beginning. I said, I looked, you know, on this podcast, when we signed Sterling, I said, prove me wrong. Prove to me that you can go out there and be the man. Because that's why we got him. We got him to come in and score goals, to assist, to be that person for us. And so far, he hasn't proved any of that. No consistency. His first touch is lacking. Like, the fact that he continually gets these starts in these big games is just mind-boggling. I mean, the fact that Pulisic hasn't even been given a shot at this point in time over Sterling is just mind-blowing to me. And this is where I start going back, you know, and, you know, it, it, is there something else going on behind the scenes with Pulisic that we don't know about? I think there has to be at this point in time, like there has to be something that he just doesn't show that he's capable of stepping up in these big games. But I think at this point in time, you have to give him a shot. Just like whenever Havertz was talking, we were all calling for Broja to get that start at the top. Like everybody wanted to see him. And maybe it's just that case where the backups are always better than your starters. You know, maybe we have that mentality here at Chelsea, but when you see what Broja did, you know, midweek against Brentford and the good game and the good, you know, match performance that he put in, and you've seen Pulisic a couple weeks ago when he started the performance that he put in and the things that he's done off the bench this year, like it begs the question, why are these players not getting more minutes? Why are these players not starting? And so I, I think you've got to take these things into consideration. I think that, you know, you're, what is... Potter's mentality. What is he thinking by continually putting Abraham Sterling out there on the pitch? Is this the fact that which Jason always alludes to is that is Potter just a yes man to the to the bowlies to the Clear Lake group and they spent this money on Sterling and they want to make him the you know the future of the club? It's that why Sterling is getting so much playing time. Is Potter just simply a yes man or does Potter really truly believe in Sterling? Because I think as fans we are getting frustrated with Sterling. I think we're seeing. The writing on the wall that 
Pep made that man look amazing. And that's a credit to Pep Guardiola and who he is as a manager being one of the best managers in the world, if not the best right now. So you have to look at all this and say, what is Potter thinking in this moment? And then waiting so long, so long to bring on subs in this match. I mean, let's just look at this. He makes the change in the first half, 36th minute, he brings on Kovacic. Perfect sub, perfect placement by Potter. Potter gets it right. The next sub that happens for us is not until the 74th minute when Christian Pulisic comes on. The 74th minute, Pulisic comes on, not for Sterling, as many people would think. No, 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 he comes on for Aubameyang. Why are we taking our striker out and putting on Pulisic, and then we move Mount up there, almost playing a false knot. What, what tactical advantage does that give us? And then five minutes later, Brogia comes on. You know, he comes on for Sterling. Thank goodness. Chuck Laminka, Chuck, my boy, makes another cameo appearance at 79 minutes. And that's our subs. We cannot wait until the 74th minute to bring somebody on to make a change in this match. If you're expecting somebody to make a change, you can't give them 15 minutes to make that change. My argument is 20 to 25 minutes plus. You've got to give somebody to make that change, especially when somebody out there on the pitch is not giving in a performance, is not doing anything to help your team. The only player I felt like, you know, that really, really offensively, impressed me today was Mount. He was the only one that was trying to get the ball into the box. He was the only one trying to do anything, especially in the first half. It was strictly just Mason Mount out there. It was like everybody else was invisible. And that's just a credit to Mount trying to put this team on his back and carry him, but he can only carry them so far. There's only so much one guy on this team can do. And we're seeing that right now. Our midfield just isn't creative enough. We have no hope. We have no creativity. In that second half, I mean, it doesn't, we only had, you know, three more shots. We only had three more shots in that second half. So why, what are we doing at this point in time? Like, we had three more shots and we only had one more on target. So we essentially did the same thing in the second half. Like, we had two shots on target all day. Two shots. That's simply not good enough. It's the same thing as last match. It's just simply not good enough that we are a top four team. We are a top, you know, six team, top six big club in the EPL. And we're only getting two shots on target. Two? Six shots all game. We get nothing from our corners. Absolutely nothing. Out of the six corners we took today, only one of them provided us with a chance to actually put the ball in the back of the net. Like, if we can't even get the ball into the box to give our guys a chance to put the ball, come up with a different tactic. Play the corner short. Come up with something. And Potter did that a little bit when he first got here. He had a couple little set plays off the training ground on our corners that played the ball short, and then we played it back. You know, they were great little plays, and they, they seemed to work, and those work better. And I realize you can't do that every time, but 
you can't also just continue to spam corners into the box and not give anybody chances. It's just wasted at that point. What's the point of having a corner if you don't create an opportunity out of it? And I realize you, we can't create a, a chance out of every corner. But damn it, we should be creating more chances off of corners. Like, when we get a corner, I'm just like, well, we're fixing to get the ball right back to them. So, second half, we did look so much better. But, you know, we're just waiting and waiting and waiting to bring these players on. We're just, it's too late. It's, they're not given enough time to make an impact. I, Pulisic should be starting at this point in time. So, it comes to the 87th minute, we get a corner. You know, and here I am just thinking nothing's going to happen off of it. But McTominay clearly pulls down uh, Broja in the box. Broja was making a run at the ball, and McTominay just grabs him. And, I mean, some people will say it's a harsh penalty that there's always grabbing. Yes, I'm talking to you, Tim Howard. You're effing idiot. But at the, uh, the same time, it's a penalty. By the definition of the law, he grabs him, holds him back, and will not let him go to the ball and takes him to the ground. You explained to me by the letter of the law, Tim Howard, and to all your other people calling it soft, how it is not a penalty. It's clearly a penalty. After what seemed like an eternity, Jorginho steps up and just beautiful PKs, back with a hop, you know, right side. De Gea, De Gea dives to his right, Jorginho shoots to his right, De Gea's left, and just beautiful, beautiful penalty by Jorginho. Didn't even freaking look at the ball. Just watches and stares the head down the entire time. Beautiful penalty. We go up 1-0 in the 87th minute. And at this point in time, ecstatic. We're finally going to get over this hump of Man United. This fact that we can't beat United. This fact that we draw with them more than any other team. It's the most drawn fixture in Premier League history. Like the fact that it's been years since we've beaten United. Continually just draw over draw in the EPL to reference. We've beaten them a couple of times in the FA Cup, but not in the EPL when it matters, when we need those points. And here we go. We have a chance today to essentially double our lead over United, draw even with Tottenham for third, and all we have to do is, is just hang on for these last nine minutes of the match. Nine minutes is all we have to do is just hang on. And we hang on until the 94th minute. When, for whatever reason, we don't get out and close. I don't remember who crossed the ball. I'm pretty sure it was, uh, would have been, um, so Bruno that crossed the ball in there. I don't remember who crossed. No, it's Luke Shaw crossed the ball in for United. We can't get out there and close it in. What side of the pitch does it come from? It comes from the right side. Who's our right back? Dave. This goes back to the point. He cannot be starting in big matches like this. We failed to address this issue. It's on the board. It's on Bowley and company for not addressing this issue in the offseason. That's on you guys for not for not having a plan. And you all can try and put this off on Tuchel, but apparently Tuchel wasn't in control of any signings, wasn't in control of anything. This was all y'all. Outside of the Sterling signing, everything is pointing at, at this is a Bowley and Clear Lake transfer window. And I think that's becoming ever more clear now. Ever more clear. But... We have, the, I mean, this is mentality at Chelsea. It's it, it's every game is like this. Like, we don't create the chances. We don't. We just don't. 
I mean, the 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 cross, Casemiro just I don't know what Chilwell was doing. They just let Casemiro run into the box. Chilwell doesn't jump. Casemiro jumps, makes a great header. Keppa, if anybody, if anybody, and I know there's gonna be idiots out there that do, blames Keppa for this goal. You're dumbass, and that's you on you too, Tim Howard, because you literally just said that Keppa should have saved that shot. That's on your defense for not closing out Shaw and for letting Casemiro run into the box unopposed. Like, Chilwell had two guys on him. Like, you've got to have your midfield back defending better. Like, we've got to do better. And Casemiro, to his credit, I mean, like, some goals as a keeper, there's nothing you can do. The fact that Kepa got a hand on that and tried to push it wide, you know, respect to him. Like, I'm not blaming Kepa for that goal. I mean, yeah, if he was a little taller, but that's not his fault. So it was just a spectacular header. Um, I don't know if Mindy would have saved some of those. I think Mindy probably would saves that just because Mindy's taller. But I don't know if Mindy saved some of the other shots. And I know Mindy's distribution from the back. And I know that there was a couple times Kepa came out the box to get the ball. Um, one really big time in the second half. Um, and they played it back to him, and he's still out of his box, and I'm sitting there biting my fingernails because i just like, this is going to go bad, this is going to go bad, and they got it out the back because Keppo remains calm when he's on the ball. And I think that's why Potter has him in there. Mindy, for whatever reason, his distribution, and he is just not calm with the ball at his feet. He's not good with it, and that's why I think Keppa's in there. And, I mean, if this, you can't blame Keppa for that goal. You can't. You blame the defense for not closing somebody out, and you blame... The and you blame Chilwell for not jumping, like and whether Chilwell could have got it to it or not. I mean, you've got to at least try, like and whoever was marking Casemiro, somebody's got to be on him. Like, it's just so frustrating when you hold out this long for a match and you waited this long to beat United and they simply just own us. And it's like. All the frustration and everything from this season, I think, just sort of boiled over to this match. Like, it is just, like, this is what is so frustrating about this team. We're on the cusp of making that turn. We're on the cusp of really challenging for the league. And it's matches like this, when you can't close out a match against a top 16, when you have a chance to go into third, technically still fourth because of goal differential, but when you have a chance to draw even with Tottenham in third on the same amount of games, and you can't close it out, that's the difference. We couldn't close out the Tottenham match earlier in this season. That right there is four points that we have dropped. We would easily be in third place right now if we just close out those two matches. Four points we dropped because of that. So you look at that, that if we have those four points back, we're a point behind City at this point in time. Two points behind the leaders within a game of Arsenal. So you look at that and you say, that's the reason Chelsea can't challenge for top four right now. That's the reason we can't challenge for the league is because of matches like this. When we have them in, gra in the grasp, when we have them in the crosshairs, we don't put teams away. We can't defend when it matters the most. We give up stupid goals. So that is what is so frustrating and so heartbreaking and so just annoying with this team is the fact that we just can't close these big matches out it is so frustrating um as a as a fan to just sit here and know that this was a game that we should have won and to see it just 
fall by the wayside to see those two points just slip away like that. It's now four points we've lost at the end of games now this season. And when you look at the back at the table at the end of the year and you look at those games and you say, that's four points, those four points are probably going to be big. You look at the Brentford match this week, that's two more points we dropped against a team that we should beat. That is the frustrating thing about this team is like we don't capitalize against teams that we should. And then when we do have a chance to really stick it to the top teams, we can't finish those games out. We have to be able to finish those games out. I know you can say, and it, it is a valid point. I will agree with you that, you know, the Tottenham match, we did get screwed at the end of that match. We did get screwed. It's undoubtedly somebody gets pulled down by the hair and it's not a foul, whatever. But that's besides the point. We still didn't close the game out. Still didn't do it. So the fact that we falter when we're so close to making that turn, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, we just need, I, I don't know. I mean, our midfield has not been addressed in years. We've needed our midfield addressed the last two transfer windows, and they haven't been. Our defense is sorely lacking right now because of our depth, because of the fact that we don't have, you know, because of injuries. Not because we don't have adequate backups, but because of injuries right now. So it's... It's so frustrating right now as a Chelsea fan, um, you know, to just, it, it's like frustrating, it's depressing, it sucks all at the same time, but yet, it's like we're a glutton for punishment because we keep coming back for it, we're still here, we're still supporting this team as much as they gut us because we know eventually they will make that turn, eventually this team will turn it around, eventually we will have, you know, Primarily glory again one day. Don't know when that's going to be, but we will be able to make that turn and challenge for the Premier League championship again, hopefully one day. You know, so I think, you know, at this point, it's just sort of a, it just sucks, honestly. It just sucks to be a Chelsea fan at this point in time, but we're going to be here. We're going to stick through it. We're going to persevere through all this because. That's what we do. That's what you do as a fan. You're there with your team during the good times. You're there with during the bad times. And these aren't even bad times for Chelsea. I don't want this to come off as being that. It's just more of a frustrating time. When I know what this team is capable of, when I know that this team is capable of so much more, but they just can't get over that hump. And we thought, you know, this this all season was going to be the, the thing that got us over the hump. But it just hasn't been. We thought maybe the, the change at manager was going to be get us over the hump. I just don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I tr I'm trusting the Potter process. As we said last week on the podcast, we're trusting the process. But it, it, the process is hard. It's frustrating. And to see Potter get something wrong today, it's frustrating, but to see him corrected is positive, but then to see him not bring on subs earlier is frustrating. There's so much, you know, ebb and flow and Jekyll and Hyde and frustration and highs and lows. It just, it takes a toll on you as a fan. Like, I just want a season where there's just highs, where there's 
we might have one or two injuries, like where our best player doesn't get hurt two years in a row and misses, you know, months of the season. Like, I just want a season where we go in and we challenge for the EPL title. I just want a season where we come out and score goals. I want to have a season like that. And I think that's what's so frustrating is just the lack of consistency and the lack of just challenging for things. Yeah, we make it to the FA Cup final over here, but now at this point in time, with Chelsea fans, you know, oh, we're just going to lose it. I mean, that's our mentality right now. It's just getting over that hump, and we can't simply do it right now. And I don't know what's going to change. I, I honestly think we need new players, but we've already spent so much. We've got to be worried about financial fair play. Like, we have to figure some things out. And it starts at the top. It starts with your board. They think it's the coach. I think it's a mixture of players and coach. So we'll see how we go forward. But, yeah, I don't know. Tuesday, big Champions League match. We can clinch a spot in the knockout stages with a win. Just pray that we can do something in that match and we come out in good form and we come out ready to play Tuesday night. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, guys, just follow us on Twitter at the ball and foot. We'd really appreciate it. Um, give us a follow over there. Um, yeah, give us a, you know, likes on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to this podcast at, um, Five-star rating would be great. Comment, you know, whatever. Do you. Guys, I appreciate y'all being here for this uh, depressing episode. And we'll catch y'all on the flip side. Depressing, flippity, floppity.